a healthy glass there, Mr. Hanson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just I'm pointing out that it's a very healthy glass, and I applaud you for it. Thanks. <laughs> no, you're good. That's my that's my Saturday that's my Saturday night glass. Gla- glass three is going to be slightly less than this. Dude, I'm fe- I'm, my my ability to handle bourbon now because bourbon's usually like my my Saturday night. You know, yeah. pour a glass of bourbon, watch some Saturday Night Live or something like that. I I don't know what's happened to me, but in the last year and a half, like even like a like a small glass of it, I wake up the next morning. God, I feel like shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I love bourbon. <laughs> it's like. That that's how I'm getting with beer. Like even if I don't get drunk, if I have more than two beers, mm-hmm. I don't feel great the next day. Yeah, doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, it's crazy. Old age, man, fucking sucks. Welcome to Brose. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Brose. Now we're talking. Yeah, serious show. Serious podcasting. Here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to Brose, the champagne of beers. My name is Matt Casnell, and join me as they always do are my bros and Rose. To my right, Mr. Rich Sweeten. Wouldn't we be the wine of beers? To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And to my far right, reporting live from my couch, Mr. Tim Hansen. I prefer the scotch of scotches. The scotch Woo! of scotches, yes. <laughs> How are you all tonight? Fabulous. Great. Doing great. Still in shock that we have our own wine. We have our own wine. Broversation. Solid, man. It's a good color too. Like it's it got is. everything I need, yeah. which is not anything regarding taste. <laughs> I haven't had it yet. Doesn't mean it doesn't taste good. I yeah. haven't tried it yet. That's yeah. That's gonna be a nice weekend sipping wine. I feel like oh, we should man. send pictures to Philip DeFranco. Mm. Oh, broversation. Join the broversation. Join the broversation. Thank, thank you again, Jimothy Holland. Jim, Jimothy Holland, uh, the longtime contributor and uh, and and recent guest of the Brose yes. podcast. You go back to listen to episode twenty five one. Uh, absolutely uh, thrilling. The 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 kindness and the generosity of the Brose uh, community um, knows no boundaries. Truly, yeah. Truly, I'm gonna start calling our podcast audience the community because that's what you start doing now. It's like the Brose community now. We're a family. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're family. family. Like we basically it's know all of you and like your names and your Bro-Mated secrets and your addresses and, and where you keep your, and your, where you keep your keys. Like, <laughs> like Vin Diesel says, it's all about family. Yeah, all about family. The Bro community. The Bro community. Ooh, the Bro community. Uh, the Bromunity Triangle. <laughs> the Bro- yeah. Welcome to the Brose Bromunity Triangle. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, if you've listened to our show before, you already know why we're here. The premise is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And and whereas most podcasts would just do that and call it, you know, be like, hey, job well done and call it a day, we do it while drinking rose. Boom. Twist. Boom. <laughs> We're unique. Other 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 onomatopoeias. Uh, <laughs> and if you have a question you'd like us to answer for the show, please email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com and have your question answered on the air the way that, that many of our listeners have, like Mr. James Holland, uh, like uh, Grace Riley, like uh, members of my family, like uh, Molly Craig. For example, as far as recent uh, submitters are concerned, and like all the moms and mom group, like all the moms in the mom group, all the moms, like uh, like Mike Marvel, Captain Marvel had a question for <laughs> us, like just just it, literally anything, anything, and we'll discuss it while drinking rosé. 
Um, but before we get to those questions, let's talk about the wines we're drinking. Or in Mr. Hansen's case, what spirit we're drinking tonight. My scotchy scotch, scotch, scotch. As Tim continues to celebrate his upcoming 17th birthday, uh, what are you drinking? Thanks for making me feel younger. <laughs> I, I do what I can, man. It doesn't feel like I'm almost 30. It feels like I'm already 30. Mm, welcome. One of us. <laughs> One <laughs> of us. I'm of part us. of the crew now. Back's gonna hurt every morning. <laughs> it already <laughs> does. Uh, so I'm drinking the Glenn Levitt 18 year yep. that uh, the, my wonderful bros in the bachelor party and my groomsmen were lovely enough to uh, gift me before the wedding. And we gave you specific instructions. Don't drink it this weekend because it's one of those uh, that, that that weekend of the bachelor party. Yeah, because that's a that's a, the week the weekend for a uh, quantity over quality. We'll put mm -hmm. it that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to abuse a good scotch. Give me like a sure. red label. Or some other thing that I've never heard of, and I'll probably do that. But scotch isn't your shit face drink. No. That's Typically what bourbon's not. for. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> but you, there's you, also you like sipping it, bourbon. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's delicious. The 18 gives a little more depth of the flavor from the 12, which is already one of my go-tos. So it, it's so phenomenal. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Mr. Sweeten, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, Les Allies. Um, or Les Allies, however you would pronounce it. Mm -hmm. A Grenache Rosé, Vendée France. Um, the back of it says, A powerful rosé boasting a firm, spicy aroma, and delicate dried berry and cherry flavors that linger with creamy notes. It finishes with Creamy. rich minerality. Creamy notes? I don't think we've had one with that description before. No, have we? we had no. Uh, nice. Was that one? Was someone's a nice palate? Yeah, it was a fine palate. It was fine. Fine palate. Nice. Yeah. It's like fine. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. And yeah. <laughs> I, I just smelled it. I don't smell spicy, but um, sure. Okay. It's, sure. It's, it's all right. I, I do get that minerality to it. I feel like this is something that you guys might like mm. over me. I'm more of a sweet guy. This isn't very much a sweet. Okay. Wine. Okay. I'm going to give it a try at some point. Uh, Mr. O'Brien, you've got your like your nose like halfway down the <laughs> bottle. Uh, what what do you have Sniffer. to drink tonight? I'm drinking Consenso, a 2014 Rosado. It smells very good. It smells like a candle, but it does not taste good. Uh, it is below average. Hmm. It was like eight bucks. Okay. So I think for eight dollars, it's fine. It'll get the job done. It's 12.5 alcohol bro volume. So, mm -hmm. but it is uh wildly mediocre at best. Wildly mediocre. Okay. Um, I have. Uh, it's a head snapper. It's a sparkling rosé from Italy. Um, I talked a little bit about the uh, the tasting notes in the first episode. Um, I want to spend this episode talking about the the picture and the label. It appears to be. A, a blonde woman in a blue dress, uh, surrounded by flowers, squeezing golden grapes into a wine glass that is about like a half her body size, <laughs> but still resting on her lap. Uh, and the wine itself, like again, I, I think it's supposed to be rosé. It's very pale color. But judging from the fact that she's squeezing golden grapes, I'm assuming this is a golden wine. That's the only thing I can possibly assume from this. Uh, it's a bizarre image, uh, and it's a perfectly good sparkling rosé, uh, good for desserts, good for uh, having one glass, not three, like I'm doing right now. Got some mixed messages going <laughs> yeah. on there. A lot of mixed messages. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to feel pretty bad. It's going to be a rough day tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> you see, I've got that as my Twitter picture now. 
<laughs> it's my Twitter picture is uh, Andy Samberg in uh, in that in that video with the cocaine face on it and everything like that. Definitely not a career limiting move in any way to have that picture Man. as my Twitter account. Clearly, avatar. it didn't hamper you. Luckily, no, you already got the job. Yeah, they can't lucky. do anything. I'm untouchable now. I already got the job. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Sean, you have in your hand an envelope of questions. I do. I have an envelope with two Sanix. Go back and listen to 25.1 if you want to hear our thoughts on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Um, or really, you can go back and listen to any episode of Brose that's been released since like May of last year if you yeah. want to hear our thoughts if on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. you want to hear Sean getting mad about Sonic. <laughs> the first hot take was everyone can go fuck themselves. The Sonic <laughs> movie looks great. <laughs> the first hot take. Uh, so you got two Sanix on there. I did two Sanix. And the first question uh, submitted by John Tersich. All right, John. Would you rather t- touch and hold a horseshoe crab or a stingerless stingray? So I want to. I just want to preface this mm-hmm. with what a good question to start because I feel like every question the last one was pretty heavy. Yeah, like yeah. it was either politically heavy or like emotionally kind of draining. So, okay, so yeah. John, I will say my my antenna were up a little bit when you said John's name, not because I think John has bad questions. I think John sends us very good and thoughtful questions, but they also are like mm. he's the, he sent in like what's worse, like redlining or school choice <laughs> as one of our questions. So this is not at all what I was expecting out of this first question, no. but I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so. Horseshoe crab or sting stingerless stingray? Yeah, do you want to? Would you rather touch and hold a horseshoe crab or a stingerless stingray? They have uh, rays of some sort at the Camden Aquarium. You can yeah, like touch at the, at the Adventure Aquarium. Crab. You can touch them. And... Yeah, yeah. I'll right. go with that because that was cool. Yeah, I used to pick up horseshoe crabs on the beach. You mm-hmm. pick them up by their tail, and then yeah. they like. Ram, ram. I don't think I've ever held a horseshoe crab before. It's weird because they uh, they wash up a lot of times in like kind of marshy. Like grassy mm-hmm. places, and when you pull them up, they do not want to come up. So it's like mm-hmm. you pull. It's it feels. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a feeling I don't like. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tension going on, and a lot of like, the fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would you guys pick of the two? I'd go with the ray, just because that that texture is just so cool. Like going mm-hmm. from head to tail, it's like smooth and slightly slimy. But if you go the other way, mm-hmm. it feels like sandpaper. I always thought that was awesome. Oh, I never. I did. So if you go the other way, the the against the grain. Yeah. So rays and sharks have very similar skin. It's not quite scales, but if you like microscope or like zoom, if you microscope it, that's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> if you like zoom, you go ahead and microscope it and zoom it in right into its little closey close. Then... <laughs> so so the tiny stuff looks biggy big. Uh, but if you like zoom in, it looks like almost like a kind of small triangular triangular scale or like not even quite hook but it's like slightly raised but they're all pointed towards the back so if you go along it it just feels like smooth but coming against it you're catching all the tips of those little that's very cool yeah okay how about you rich um on ground horseshoe crab in the water uh stingray because they're just so slimy to have to like pick it up and hold it while mm-hmm. I'm not snuggle in the water. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to snuggle it, but then it'd be all slimy that I'd rather just snuggle it in the water, like swimming with. Yeah, but once you get slimed, though, like once you get the slimy texture, it's sort of like when you like when you're going into like a cold ocean for the first time. You see the first step, like oh, it's cold, and then it's like okay, it's fine, you know. <laughs> or like when you get muddy, 
Like the first splash of mud, you're like, ah, oh, shit, I'm covered in mud. And then it's like, well, like, now that I'm covered in mud, it's fine. <laughs> the yeah, rest of Tough Mudder, cakewalk. That's exactly what I was thinking. But <laughs> see, I'd want to snuggle it for a long time and stingrays can't breathe out of water. Well, that's why you go in the water and then hug well, the that's, stingray. That's why I said, okay, I'll go okay. in, the, in the water, stingray, out of water, horseshoe crab. Because mm. I want to cuddle horseshoe crab, too. And, I mean, <laughs> but eventually it'll become less squiggly, or squirmy. Oh man! No, no, no. You heard it here first. Tim Hansen no, came for the, the the destruction, the systemic destruction of, of stingrays He's outside of the water. Getting revenge for Steve Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that no. was a stingray. You <laughs> son of a bitch! Yeah, how dare you? All well, it won't be after Tim's done with him. It'll be a no ray because <laughs> it'll, it'll be, be dead. It'll be a dead ray. You're the one who brought that up, Lenny. Nah. I'm, aware. I'm fully aware. I know what I did. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on the the great horseshoe crab versus stingray debate? I'm snug in a stingray, 100%. I I, I think I'm team stingray as well. Yeah, they're cool looking. Yeah, they're big, they're, they're, they're they're big like floppy little things. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've touched horseshoe crabs, and I don't particularly care for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the devil you don't versus the devil you know. <laughs> we were well, talking about the uh, we we mentioned the Adventure Aquarium. They have a big um, sea like ocean exhibit. I saw a sea turtle swimming once. It was the most excited I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Just under the end of Sonic, the mid credit scene with when Tails. T- when Tails shows up. <laughs> it's the same thing, seeing a, a mighty sea turtle or seeing a CGI Tails, yeah. Tails the Fox. Yeah, it's just <laughs> on it's screen. Just, which one? I don't know. It's a, one A and one B, really. Yeah. Uh, what is our next what is our next question, Sean? Um our next question submitted by Okay, so this is for, this is no this is from Mega. I I might be I'm almost certainly pronouncing that incorrectly from Mom Group. Okay, and this is difficult because uh, this 100% I'm the only person who can answer this. Okay, but the question is I'm not sure if this applies to all. Long time listener. But, <laughs> seems fair that it doesn't, but okay. <laughs> but I'm curious about what the transition to parenthood feels like for men. For me, pregnancy was one piece, then birth, then momming. I'm curious what it gets when it gets real for men, what the stages are like, the unique challenges that they face, etc. All right. I will, I will so we'll this, start with so you then. This is, yeah, so this is a question that only I can answer, but I'm trying to think of a way that we can include you. You guys. So it's not just because then it's just this is the show is not about me. I will, I will say uh, the the only experience I've got is is talking about this with my wife and we we've we've talked about having having kids extensively and as we've gotten further and further along and and in marriage it's become more real that hey this is the this is the next step you know mm-hmm. when we have kids and just like oh my god like just the like it's it it won't be real on like until we actually do it. But just like the the thought of, okay, here's the way I'm living my life now. And, you know, I go to work, come home, do the chores, hang out with my wife. You know, if I've got some free time, maybe I'll, you know, I go work out or go play video games or something like that. And she's like, well, that's all like, it's going to be, you know, now insert a living, breathing human that you are taking care of. And it's just like, it's everything must change, at least in my perception of it. That's the closest that I've got as far as relatability is concerned. Mm-hmm. But Again, I will I will defer to you, obviously. So I think there is this idea that like, so when the baby is born, maybe uh, it's being a dad and caring about it is an active choice that you have to make. 
because for the mom, I think, and obviously I'm speaking out of turn because I do not have a uterus <laughs> and I've never been pregnant. Yep, checks out. What? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Surprise. But so there's like a net, there's like a built in relationship that the mom has with the baby that we cannot have. And so being connected with the baby has to be an active choice. Not every day, but especially at the beginning, because you you were just kind of experiencing your wife changing, but not the baby part of it. Like she's going through shit and you're just kind of seeing like the external physical changes. So it's like I was very excited to be a dad because that's that was like that's always been something I really wanted. And also I had Jake. So it's like it was an easier transition, but it's it is an active thing. It's not like it isn't. From my experience, it's not like a magical moment. You're like, oh my God, look at this. I'm connected forever. It's like you freaked out because you're like, Jesus Christ, what have I just seen? Yeah. And then, and then you have to be, you, you have to be, you have to kind of find that connection. It doesn't just happen. I mean, it happens organically when you put effort into it. Right. It's, it, it takes work. Yeah. I think, I, not that it doesn't take work for moms, but I think there is, it's kind of discounted the fact that you have to like we have to do a little bit more emotional labor to connect with in, the kid i think i obviously i don't know in almost every case there like to to your point there's an immediate physical connection a based on pregnancy and b and in, in, in most in a lot of cases based on you know nutrition and feeding the child after exactly. you're born there's that physical connection that you as a father might not not have in the same way that that your wife does. Yeah, exactly. And there's also always going to be kind of a, a weird disconnect in that too, because the Alice is always more excited to see Mary than she is me, because Mary, beyond being her mom, and she's excited like in that way, she's excited to see both of us. But then on top of that, she knows she's going to get food. Food. So yeah. like just mm-hmm. from a survival standpoint. So until she appreciates like stoked. your homemade hot sauce, exactly. it's going to be a hard road to <laughs> Exactly. <home. laughs> so there's also there's also that and kind of dealing with the the emotional like you have to be like I, you can't be jealous about that even especially since she's a baby, you know. She doesn't know. Yeah. It's all in. Can't go to your baby and be like, appreciate me more. Excuse you. I change your diaper every morning. If I can see some goddamn respect around this yeah. house. I have to touched your, inf- your poop before, <laughs> miss. But I, I, I think it's just I, the biggest difference, I would think, is that it's more, it's more of an active emotional inv- investment for men. And it's also very easy to take shit for granted. Like the fact that I don't have to feed Alice, really. Like she, Alice started eating food. So I'm feeding her that sometimes, but for the most part, Mary has a ton more responsibilities and not taking that for granted. So it's hard. What do you guys think? Like, I, I don't, I assume that either you guys are in the early stages or have not talked about it, but is there anything that you're worried about? If, if, if you wanted, if, if being a dad is something you want, is there anything that you're worried about? I, don't know, I think I've got like a lot of the basic worries. Like I, you know, <laughs> like my wife and I were just talking about this recently and I was just, all at once I was like you think we'll be good parents my wife was like no <laughs> not, not, no not at the start no of course not no. Um, I, I think I've got the same basic fears which is just you know being a role I, I think being a good role model for my kids so I'm almost worried about like you know six or seven steps down the line like you know okay 
will I be a good role model? Am I somebody that my, my kids will, will look up to and somebody that I can set a good example for as far as how to live life and how to take care of things the right way and, you know, how to, how to just act in a, in an ethical and right manner. Um, so I, I worry about that a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot of like the fear of the unknown because, you know, it's, you, there's always going to be stuff that comes up. You you read every book in the library about this. You can talk to every person. You go to every group possible. And there's always going to be like a weird moment that you just weren't expecting. It comes out of left field, as, as I'm sure you can attest mm-hmm. to, Sean. So I think it's just that fear of the unknown and the fear, like, this is the next biggest test in your life almost. And it's like, how do you how do you handle that situation? Yeah. I, I think that'd probably be my biggest fear. Um, the idea of whether I'd be a good parent, it's like, uh, how do you really measure that metric do you measure yeah. against, uh, against like how much of your baggage that your kids <laughs> end up taking with whether i want it, them to or not mm-hmm. uh but that yeah that fear of the unknown i last weekend from re- this recording anyway mm-hmm. uh i finally got to meet my brother's daughter my niece uh she's as of now seven weeks old she's six weeks old last week because that's how math and time work <laughs> uh Six weeks old, has more hair than me, <laughs> but I also hadn't seen my sister-in-law in a while. My brother is now back overseas for another couple months, should be coming home. But to me, both of them are very much the, like, do your research, get shit done. We're, we got this planned out, boom, 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 this is what we're doing. And even with that mindset and that, like, knowledge, talking to her, she's like, we're afraid of everything. <laughs> so, like... Uh, Ryan has baby acne, like slight baby acne. And she's like, oh my God, we need to go to the ER. She's got some sort of rash. It's not going away. And they're just like, no, this is fine. And then when she had the hiccups like two weeks ago, it's like, oh my God, her entire body's shaking. She's dying. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's the hiccups. She's just got a very small body. <laughs> yeah. And hiccups are so much worse. So that, that fear of the unknown and like wondering, is this normal? Is this not normal? If it's not normal, how the fuck do I deal with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, other than that unknown, it's just, my, has always been my fear is regardless of how well I do, how much I can do for my child, if their future goes wrong in any way, shape or form, regardless of what I've done, what I haven't done, how much, how, how well I've prepared them, I will always blame myself. Mm -hmm. And that terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a natural instinct too for for a lot of people. Is just like you're you're the parent. Like yeah. you, it's na- the nature versus nurture thing. Um, the the other the other fear that I've got is like I, I've started attributing like basic things that I do in a day to day basis and try to like have a parallel. Like there are be times when I'm like playing Madden or something, and the cat will be yelling at me because. Like a door is shut that they want to go in, or they're hungry, and I'll just be like, "Dario, shut up!" <laughs> and I yell at my cat, and then like two minutes later, I'll be like, "Oh my god, what if I'm like that with my kids? Like if my kids crying, I just yell at them to shut up." Like obviously it's preposterous. Like yeah, there's no, of Absolutely. course I would not do that with a, with yeah. a newborn. There is, there is. But a, you start ascribing those behaviors to yeah, what you would be like as a parent. Exactly. There is like a level of inst- there's it's instinctual. Like you're, that kind of stuff doesn't isn't gonna happen. But I, all three of you would be good parents. Atta boy. Everybody, high fives. Good dad's club. Let's yeah. go, baby. High fives for all the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can tell because I because we are friends mm-hmm. and I I I worry about whether or not I'm a good parent a lot, but like I think I'm doing okay. And so I think it's we have similar uh, ethoses 
So I think it's just it it is it's very difficult, but you, you deal with it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's a lot easier to deal with the problems that come up because they're your kids, yeah. so you want to. Yeah. Um. So I just reset my timer. Um. Any any other thoughts on this as far as the the, the parent transition or your concerns about being a parent, anything along those lines? No, I I would just say the thing that scares me the most about possibly being a parent is the part that Sean is in with Alice now, feeding them actual food. I am, it is, so Mary, it, it is wild, because Mary's been through this stage specifically before, and I haven't, because mm-hmm. she, mm. you know, I w- when I met Jake, he was six. It was on his sixth birthday. So, like, I don't know what it's what babies are like, and the yesterday she was eating a pizza crust like mary just gave her a pizza crust she was like go into fucking town and i was freaking out the entire time because she's mm. just like shoving this into her mouth and i'm like she's gonna die and i'm yeah. gonna be here <laughs> and mary went to the bathroom and i'm like this is it this is when it happens this, this is when she starts choking yeah. and i wasn't there to help her exactly. because i didn't know what to do yeah where i was freaking yeah. out no. because i don't and know how to do the baby heimlich I, I think a lot of the times one of the things that really helps is Xanax. <laughs> That's why my mom's always I can't home. believe you give your baby Xanax. I know. I know. <laughs> That's why she really goes to sleep for 12 hours. <laughs> Xanax and a, and, a, and, a Zin, and a white Zin and she's out. Um, but Classy. it's a lot of times, really, honestly, like the mantra that I tell myself is just how many children have made it to adulthood at this point? There is nothing I can do. If, if I'm trying my best, there's nothing I can do that's going to put them in harm's way. Yeah. So, like, when she's, like, eating and she's, like, sho- like she'll take the spoon and shove it down her throat. I'm like, uh, so, like, she's, she'll be fine. She'll learn yeah. to not do that yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or she'll, you know, or just her reflexes will kick in and she won't be able to shove it down her throat. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like, no. <laughs> it, it is hard to think about that in the moment, but it's, uh, that's, I think about, I, I focus on that when I'm having a particularly hard time, like, well. Babies exist, and they're pretty adorable. They have to be adorable, or we wouldn't be we wouldn't persist as a species. Yeah, so it's been going on for millennia. Like yeah. it's fine. Yeah, we'll get more uh, concrete answers on this once we uh, we figure out our Tamagotchi pets. <laughs> what is our next question, Sean? Our next question, submitted by Don Barnes. Why do you think only Buttigieg knows the name of the Mexican president? And I did not know that was a thing, so I don't have an I'm answer. S- I'm sorry, <laughs> Buttigieg is the only one who knows. God, I feel like an idiot because this guy—he was in the news so often. But now I'm like, oh, it's Vincente Fox, right? That was like 20 years ago. Um, God, why can't I remember his name? Trump saw him like a bunch That's in like the first year. That's why. That's why only Buttigieg. Because Buttigieg only. I, I mean, so the question know, is: is it bad that payroll? he's the only one who knows? I don't know. Um, is, is Buttigieg on the payroll? Oh, he's he's being unfairly influenced by the Mexican government. I don't know. <laughs> no collusion. No obstruction. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel is it's probably important that you should know the name of the Mexican presidents. We have, we have a bunch of trade deals with them, but I don't know. I mean, if this is boosting Buttigieg's street creds so that he gets more than like negative one percent of non-white vote, then fine. But I, I don't know. All right, I, I'm. It was it was a, a there was a question at a debate that they asked if they knew the name. Okay. Which is, for the record and for the listeners, if you care, his name is Andres Manuel Manuel uh-huh. uh, Lopez Obrador. Oh no, I don't. I didn't know that at all. Actually, 
Um, and okay. Klobuchar and Tom Steyer said no and I forget, respectively. Okay. I mean, like, I don't know why we're asking Tom Steyer questions. Like, we, we actually think that Tom Steyer is a legitimate candidate in this race because he's polling at 2%. And he keeps showing up on the debate stage. Um, no, I... Well, no. I think... I think why do I think he knows? I think because he he knows that it's prudent to. Yeah. I think I... So, of the, I guess, front runners, I think he, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders have probably the best shot mm-hmm. at getting the nomination. Yeah. And are therefore probably more focused on the broader, uh, like... And also, I don't know what the other, like... Buttigieg seems like he's been studying for this for a long time. Like, uh, this is Mm -hmm. not necessarily the fairest way, but I feel like he's sort of like the Ted Cruz, not in policy, but as far as like he's been preparing to be president for a long period of time. And so, therefore, he's he's done his homework. He's Mm -hmm. done the research and everything. Mm -hmm. So, I I feel like that is kind of in his wheelhouse as far as like, okay, well, I I should just know this because this is going to be an answer on the test. Yeah. he seems um, like the overprepared type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overprepared has a negative con- connotation. I think he's very prepared, and mm-hmm. he's doing his beyond his due diligence because he feels that, like it warrants it. He wants to it win. Does. Yeah. yeah, he's got to make a listen. There's there's a lot of points in his favor as far as just like, hey, listen, you were the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Congratulations, like that. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like you know, you've got you know fifty year career politicians. You got senators and everything. So you've got to come up with other ways to distinguish yourself. And listen, if you're the only candidate on stage who knows who the president of mexico is the country directly south of us then yeah that's that's nice yeah it's good to have but, but ultimately it doesn't matter no, no. I, don't, I don't care like i, I want to care okay you, you could be you could be for. yeah exactly you could be briefed on the name of the mexican president in five seconds i want you to know what you know about nafta i want to know what your opinion is on you know immigration and it, your relationship with that country yeah, does, I, does I want trump know his name yeah does, i would does, does, <laughs> That's Vince, my point. Is like he yeah. fucks up names. It's Lupita Manana <laughs> as the Philly fanatic falls on me, <laughs> off of a uh, yeah. bang against this thing all night. Uh, yeah. So I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. No, that was it. Like our own, our current president probably doesn't know anyone's fucking name without a like key card beforehand mm-hmm. or like a keynote. Read it off the card, and then there are multiple occasions where he has said the wrong name. Yeah, and, and the thing is that for, for him, it's a point of pride. Like, it's almost like, I don't even know the name of the guy I'm talking with. Like, that's how much of an average Joe straight shooter that I am. Like, it's not impressive, dude. It's like the guy who brags in high school about, like, man, I definitely failed that test. I'm like, cool. (laughs) So, it's just kind of, you should know it when you need to know it. Yeah. and But but, off the cuff, we deal with so many fucking countries. Yeah, yeah. I think it. you're right. I don't think it matters. I think he knows because he has a lot of ground to make up. Yeah. Because he's only, I'm not... Not not to belittle mayors, but he is only the mayor, and the jump from mayor to president is fairly significant. Yeah, so he has to prove that he's worth the it. most prepared. It is wild. But imagine if um like like Kenny, like from from Philadelphia, suddenly he was just like, all right, I'm running for president. Like, no, yeah, like, and you're one of like the five biggest cities in the country, and still no, no. absolutely not. Um, do you, do you? I'm just genuinely curious of the field now, the Democratic field. Is there one that you? Is there somebody that you find yourself like attaching yourself to? Hmm. I, I mean, I'm pre- I'm a Bernie bro without being an internet troll. Sure. Yeah, I I was for Bernie last year, mm-hmm. or not last last election. <laughs> last year, I um, wasn't running for anything, but I was just like, he's a, <laughs> yeah. he's cool. seems a cool dude. He's my um, boy. He's my bowling, yeah, I, my bowling partner. Yeah, <laughs> I was for Bernie last election. I was a little iffy about him between the elections, where I'm like, 
He's getting a little too old, and I still agree with that. He he's a little mm-hmm. too old, but he is he's quite old. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like I I do like a good number of his policies, and mm-hmm. as long I'm, as you think he's old enough to or can still make it through four years, not too old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think he. Could. I think he's been better health than Donald Trump is. <laughs> Come on, he seems like he's got. He's, well, he's definitely more with it than Trump oh, he's, is as he's, far as his brain. He's as sharp as a tack. I, he's like super hippy dippy. Probably he's vegetarian or something, and it's like eats healthy and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, do you have any? Do you have anyone you're linking with, Sean? Uh, right now, I like right now. I'm pretty. I'm. I think Elizabeth Warren would probably be the person I voted for in the primaries because mm-hmm. I I think she would. I mean, just from like it's kind of a a gate like from the game of politics standpoint i think she's probably the most electable yeah but uh you know i would i true truly i would vote for anybody who isn't donald trump yeah who's who's running for as the democrat yeah i yeah it's just tough for me like i've candidly i've never voted for the democratic candidate like i've never i've also only voted for the republican once as far as uh actively voting for for a presidential candidate um and it wasn't Trump, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but um, as far as who's left, I Warren is 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 the one that I like the most as far as policies are concerned. I'm probably more aligned with somebody like a Klobuchar or a, like a Michael Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I, I just I'm I'm the the entire thing around the Bloomberg campaign just seems distasteful to me. Is this guy is like I'm just not going to run in any of the primaries in the first like month, and then I'm just going to show up with you know, billions and billions of dollars. Also, because he's in somehow the because because it's a cable network, the the equal time thing doesn't apply to like ESPN podcasts. And Michael Bloomberg has been advertising on every ESPN podcast for the last two months. And I'm just and it's just, and it's like this steel worker. So I'm like, you ever been knocked down, laid off? <laughs> Michael Bloomberg has. I'm like, I don't get these Michael Bloomberg's worth a billion of me. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't care. Um so I, I'm still kind of undecided, but if I had to pick one of the four front runners, Warren and yeah, probably Warren, maybe Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's, yeah, gonna, be, it's gonna be a long year, guys. It is gonna oh, be. It's already. But, but been. what's our consensus on Biden? <laughs> I ain't about it. No, my consensus on Biden it. is that Jason Sudeikis is the best Biden. <laughs> yeah, like let me tell you about a story I found in the nineteen twenties. Whoopsie Daisy, uh, with this guy. And it's, it's listen, his, his race isn't important, but his name is Black Charlie. It's <laughs> oh, great. Uh, what is our next question, Sean? Wow, this is this is this is going to be an exhausting election cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I, I you know my real candidates. It's Bill Weld. And he's getting the shit kicked out of him in the Republican primaries. But I'm, I'm picking Bill Weld. <laughs> yeah. So this is from Brian Everett. Hi, at, Brian. At what part in your life did you realize that you became a self-aware person? Which I think just means, Ooh. like, when did you start thinking about other people? <laughs> self-aware person. I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the first real memory I I. This like vivid memory I have is when I was about three and a half, I was in our living room and my mom and dad came in and said, would you like it if there was another person in the house, like a brother, because we're going to have one. <laughs> and I was just like, cool. Cause I had a, I had a, 
Like basically, the way I saw it was I had a I had a play a playmate uh, named Tyler who I was good friends with. who was a uh, my my dad's uh, friend's son who we we had play dates with, and I was like, well. Now I'm just gonna have one of those all the time. <laughs> that would be dope. So uh, I, I guess that I, I, the self-aware person. Yeah, I, I, I we'll, we'll go with that because that's the earliest vivid memory I have, and since it involves multiple other people and the acknowledgement mm-hmm. that I'm going not going to be the only child in the house uh, anymore, I'll go with that one. That's a good pick. I was thinking because I was thinking more in a broad sense. Like it wasn't until after college that I realized that other people also matter. Like, oh, okay. you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, I like, I was aware that my my actions impact other people in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. But I did like, in terms of me just being aware that I exist, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point when I was very small, yeah. I mean, if we're, listen, if we're going with like, how is your self awareness now? It's still horribly low. Oh yes, like I, I still waltz through life with the typical like you know <laughs> middle class white male arrogance of just like that 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 I'm swinging my <laughs> dick around at work, you know, give me that How promotion. Many of them? Just the one. What's that? Well, just yeah, for one. me, just the yeah, one. I'm Not everybody's still blessed. Both of them. Just <laughs> yeah, he's doing willy nilly. Sean's double dutching over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Rich, what about you? Um, I would have to say probably around the time. I became manager at McDonald's is when I started to like really realize that my decisions impact others and like, or it was when I was trying to become manager at McDonald's and I was just like, what I do impacts not just myself, but everyone else around Mm -hmm. me and I have to show leadership and whatnot. So let's do it Mm -hmm. and let's like pay attention to everyone. And then it comes and goes from there. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Mr. Hansen? Uh, it is depending on how you interpret the question a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I mean, com- aware that I exist as an in- as an individual, I'd probably say earliest memory I can think of that is like preschool, because I had my own mm-hmm. like crew, and when I saw somebody who was by themselves, I was like, "Nah, he's gonna be part of the crew." Mm-hmm. That's just how that no man left behind. <laughs> Except I didn't know that phrase yet. <laughs> um, but as far as like realizing my actions affect others and the interconnectivity of everybody's decisions and blah, blah, blah. I'd probably say about 13. Hmm. Um, and this is probably the darkest answer we're going to get is that's kind of when I hit a point of like, oh, suicide's a thing. Hmm. Uh, and that was always, always in the back of my mind. And part of it was ex- things that affected me, but also part of why I can make it here today is because it's like, oh, here's why that's a terrible idea. Yeah, because and it, all the things I'm going to do to everyone else. Because very unfortunately, you do see the other side of it. And I think if you're in such a dark, dark place, you know, you think, well, you know. You, you, you value yourself so little that you're just like, well, you know, forget it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ending it all, and that's the end of that. Um, and you don't see the other side of it, which is how how much you do impact other people, even mm-hmm. if you're not realizing that in your, in your state. Yeah. So you've seen that other side of it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So oh, it's yeah. not a great place to be. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, 
probably about 13, maybe a little before that, like mm-hmm. seeing some of the stuff that happened with my family and be like, why does no one realize that this was a shitty thing and no mm-hmm. one's telling somebody they're being shitty? Mm-hmm. Is it just me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think very weirdly, and I did a very poor transition from a very dark subject into like a slightly lighter one, but like, um, I, I think playing sports helped me a lot with that because there's so much interconnectivity with playing sports. Like I, when I played football, you know, if you're playing offensive line in football and you're just like, well, fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to take this guy to the cleaners and you get, you miss your assignment or something like that. The guy, you know, if you're blocking for the quarterback, he gets decked in the backfield. Or if you playing, if you're playing basketball and you screw up a defensive assignment, you know, guy gets left wide open and your team suffers as a result. Um, it's not a direct one-to-one, but it does make you realize, okay, I have to do what I am supposed to. I, I have to fill this certain role and I have to connect with other people and I have to communicate with them or otherwise other people get burned. And if you just want, like, there's a guy that I played with basketball with at a very young age who was just like, I just, I'm, I'm covering the point guard no matter what. And instead of saying, he's like 11, like real, real shithead. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I'm covering the point guard no matter what. And he just abandoned his defensive assignment and go cover the point guard because that was like what he wanted to do. And so the guy would, just, you know, somebody else would be doing what they're supposed to do. This guy would leave who he's supposed to be defending wide open and he just knocked down shots all day. And it's just like, well, fuck you, asshole. Like, <laughs> this is not your like showcase to play for your Division three college. You're 11. We just want to play. We're playing at the freaking YMCA. So like it, it, that that that's that realization is important, especially when you're doing like youth sports or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Self awareness. No, I think no. it's for us. I think it's we have it's again just an active choice because mm-hmm. I think a lot of stuff for us is kind of like it's easy. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to think about a lot of things mm-hmm. because of who we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? The like, fucking greatest. Well, oh, yeah. oh man. Okay. Yes. Well, well, I mean, like, I don't, not to be like, it's so easy to be a man. Cause it is very difficult mm-hmm. and we have a lot of things to deal with, but like, it's not easy being stars like us. Yeah. It's just, I, it's too much pressure being so popular. The fucking press <laughs> at my doorstep every day. Like yeah. here, sir, here's your Amazon package. Jesus. Yeah. But like, you know, like we don't, I'm not like worried walking down the street or whatever. So like, I, I think we have to, it's, it's just being aware of that kind of stuff too is yeah very important. Being able to empathize. We're going to read a thick boy as the next Let's question. do a thick boy, baby with 15 C's. Oh, uh, it's Ooh. thick because it's handwritten. Yeah, it's handwritten. Ooh. Makes me feel better. <laughs> uh, okay. This is a great question from mom group. All right, mom group. The, oh, this system. was uh, Amber. Okay. The U.S. has acquired some new land. This is hypothetical. The U.S. has acquired... Because I read it and I was like, they did? I was like, oh, I check the news <laughs> How quick. have we missed this? Yeah. There's a new part of Alaska we just discovered. <laughs> the U.S. has acquired some new land and there will be a new state. And you get to name it. What do you call it? Hmm. This is hard. Shambodia. <laughs> I don't Fuck. know. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Swear. Do, do I do I get to nice? Yo, high fives, dude. <laughs> Fuck. You get to speak to fish. <laughs> yeah. What power do I get for naming this? Sheet? Jesus Christ. Do, do I do I get to run this new land as well, or is it just I'm naming? You're the just land? naming it. Go back to episode ten something or other to hear the, <laughs> the context behind this question. Um. Then you know what? What would you name it? Just to immortalize me, it'll have to be Dicktown. Dick down the state. Dick town. Dick town. The whole town full of dicks. Uh, oh, state Dicktopia then. Dicktopia. <laughs> I would call it Middle Earth with an F. Yeah. And the only reason I would say that is because 
when I went to South Africa, I saw a road sign that said Middle Earth on it. I was like, holy fuck, where are we? That's good. <laughs> Middle Earth. I'll call it uh, hmm. New 41 to 33 of Anya. <laughs> 41 to 33, of course, being the score of the Super Bowl that the Eagles won over the, the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 52. Nick Foles called the pass. Tom Beatty dropped the pass. Um, I thought you were going to say that's the age limit for entering this. Whoa! I mean, it can be if you want to just drag it into the state legislature, too. That's so hard. Gerrymandering to a whole new level. I'll call it New New Jersey. New this new way new. people can be like, no, don't go to that old New Jersey. Go to the New New Jersey. It's better. New 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 Jersey. Yeah. New New Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that is so good. I would call it... South Canada. Brian. 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 Where are you going, Brian? (laughs) I'm just going to Brian. You want to go visit Brian? Yeah, sure. Let's get a flight. (laughs) Flight? He lives next door. What are you talking about? Brian's airports are just garbage. (laughs) Listen, he tries real hard. (laughs) It's so hard to get into Brian. Yeah. It's not what I've heard. Brian doesn't keep his streets clean at all. (laughs) Yeah. Hygiene's not high on the list. No, 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 no. (laughs) Brian ranks dead last in education amongst the continental United States. (laughs) He's special. Brian, the the official state of the Brazilian podcast. It's like when uh, somebody in my fantasy league in college named his team Your Mom. And so every week he says, geez, your mom kicked the shit out of me this week. (laughs) Dude, I used to do that stuff with like Halo, except it was like old lady with a stick. So Please. it's like you got beat down by an old lady with a stick. Like, yeah, a stick, yeah. Got him. Got him. <laughs> the state, Brian. I like it. <laughs> we, I, I had one. It was uh, one of the guys in a fantasy league named their team Bridget's Last Chance, and Bridget was this dude's fiance. They were getting married soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the dude was the commissioner, and he flipped out on. He came to me first and flipped out on me. He's like, "Change your team name." I'm like, "Dude, I haven't even accepted into the league yet. Yeah. What are you talking about?" I'm like, let's take us through the fact that he thought you were the first option on that one, though. Like, you're the most likely to make this joke. Going to do that? Yeah, I'm. I'm the one who's I, like, all my all my names are walnuts. Like, you really think I'm going to yeah. go Bridget's last chance? Like, it'd be yeah. like Bridget's walnuts or something like that. If anything. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a surprise for the wedding night. <laughs> Oof. Uh, what is? Uh, any, any other thoughts on new state names, or should we move on? Should... I love Brian. Brian. It's not going to get better than Brian. <laughs> Clear winner. Brian likes dead last in infrastructure. <laughs> I've only had super speed. Yeah. <laughs> I could shoot lasers out of his eyes. If only. From Gross Riley. Oh, gross. New <laughs> Got him. Uh, who was the craziest college professor you had? Hmm. I've talked about him before on this mm-hmm. podcast. He was my... Uh, Psych 101 professor. I believe we've nicknamed him Dr. God because of how ridiculous he was. And he talked about how he could see the future using lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember this. Um, yeah, he was just a nut. Hmm. I had a philosophy professor that I had for a class my freshman year and a class my senior year. And it was remarkable how little growth he had from the freshman to senior year because it was just the same hypothetical that he would use to dispel. Like if anybody tried to argue against like Aquinas or any of the established philosophies, his hypothetical would always involve the moon being made of green cheese. 
mm-hmm. no matter what it was. It was just like, well, I, I, you know, that which no greater than can be conceived. It's like, well, you know, I believe that there's no greater moon that can be conceived than the one that's made of green cheese. So does that make it true? You know, I can't conceive a moon better than the one that's made of green cheese. So does that mean that the, the moon being made of green cheese is God? It was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't mean you're right. It's blue cheese. You're an asshole. <laughs> like, uh, I will go with that one because it was just every time, the moment he said it, it was like, oh, God damn it. It, it, it. I know you're right, but still, <laughs> fuck you. He's a nice guy. I don't know give him a bunch of bunch of crap, but it was just that was the the go to hypothetical at all times. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a philosophy professor also who was named Charles. I don't remember his last name, but I remember his name was Charles. And Charles was Xavier. No, it was not Charles Damn. Xavier, unfortunately. But he was yeah he was my philosophy of sex professor, and I think I've talked about him before. Where he was just this old rickety looking dude who would come in like 60% of the time wearing wolf shirts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yes. I remember this guy. Yeah. He had and like then, a really young girlfriend he did. or wife. He apparently had like a really young wife who he would go salsa dancing with twice a week. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I'm like honestly, you, Charles, joints. get it. Although, be like, again, not to profile here or anything. It fixes the If you're going to pick anybody to teach your philosophy of sex professor, uh, class, it would be... It's the dude who's getting it. The old dude who's dating somebody like a third of his age. Clearly <laughs> like, doing something right. Yeah, is. my man. But And and then sometimes he would come in with uh, sweaters on inside out and backwards. But, uh, so I, re- he, I remember that part. Yeah, because he was in such a rush. what I remember? Because <laughs> he was in such a rush leaving in the morning because of all the sex he was having the <laughs> night before. But what's... Yeah, it's, it was just wild. He was like... He was a super nice guy and obviously like believed... We, we learned a lot about like love and things like that and he obviously believed a lot of the things that he was teaching and like lived it. So it's like, it doesn't really, it's not really surprising that he met someone. Like <laughs> It's like, he's like crushing it. Like right. in a, he's like really respectful and <laughs> loves this person a lot. If your philosophy is sex professor and you're, 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 you're still in the dating scene. I think it was Biederman. Charles Biederman. No, that's, that's a, that's a guy who owns an investment firm. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Biederman. Um, Biederman. If you're, if your philosophy is sex professor and you're on the dating scene, is it the first date that you bring that up? Or like, when do you open? Like, when do you bring that that little oh, nugget up? That has to be like third date. That's third date. Third date. Because that's when, you know. That's when it, it's going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I then say at that point, second date. Because then the, the, the partner in oh, question. You're, you're laying is, the runway. You're laying the runway. And then you spend <laughs> the whole next week just like, hmm, philosophy is sex professor. He <laughs> knows what he's doing. Uh, I need to see what I've been missing. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, your thoughts. Uh, I didn't really have a particularly crazy professor. Also, didn't finish, so that helps. I, <laughs> I didn't have that many. Mm. Um, but the the two that stick out are primarily for their like wardrobe choices, which mm-hmm. were mm. almost similar but definitely different. So the engineering professor that taught like our general engineering classes would show up in like a thick tweed jacket, khakis, and Crocs. Like, no socks on. Just it's a Crocs. bold choice. In the middle of Philadelphia. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Rolling right out of bed into like, class. That that outfit just doesn't work. <laughs> um, and then my my favorite teacher, uh, Chris Nielsen, he taught English. And he was very much a professor who like would come into work and be like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so... It, he always had a pair of jeans 
and then we'd alternate between a denim jacket of the exact same color of whatever jeans he was wearing, which meant he had at least three different kinds of denim jacket and uh, and a tweed jacket. But uh, he, he always just had this attitude of like, you guys don't care. I don't really care. But we both have to be here. So just kind of like, fuck, fucking okay. do it. Um, but he was just a great dude. And my favorite class, I wore a shirt that said, I like to let my mind wander, but sometimes it doesn't come back. Sure. And he just laughs, starts unbuttoning a shirt in front of class, which is a little weird. <laughs> and then he, he was wearing a... nothing underneath. It was just, <laughs> just and get a load of this. He had it was a... his chest hair shaped. Like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he had a shirt underneath that said, uh, consciousness, that annoying time between naps. Yeah. I was yeah, like, all yeah. right, this, this is my dude. <laughs> but we would constantly, <laughs> I would constantly derail class with like conversations about motorcycles and like Pennsylvania motorcycle helmet laws and stuff like that. And uh, at some point, he realized that I didn't pay attention in class, which wasn't because I didn't find the class interesting. It's because there was an air conditioning, uh, air conditioning unit right outside the window. And if there's any kind of droning noise wherever I am, I, I'm done. I can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And I told him that. And he's like, well, your papers seem like you're getting A's on all your papers, so... That's fine. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Just uh, don't fuck around. Yeah. Like I already wasn't. Don't be rude. Got it, boss. Um, how many questions do we have left, Sean? Two. Let's uh, let's knock them out. Let's knock them out. What do you need to be ready to buy a house? This is from anonymous. Money. Preferably, preferably money. Um, Money's number one. Yeah. Um, hmm need to understand how houses work that they're more expensive than what Zillow tells you and that Zillow basically gives you a $38,000 down payment base on what you're trying to get. Uh, this is all an inside thing between uh, me and somebody else that I probably... Eh, it's fine. Um, but no, houses suck in my opinion <laughs> and when I bought my house... What you need to know is that you're making a garbage choice. <laughs> yeah, um... Rent forever. <laughs> you just need to go into it realizing that uh, things are probably not going to go as planned in your house, no matter how new or old it is, and you're going to need to make those repairs as fast as possible. Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of uh, being a, being aware of the the cost associated with upkeep is mm-hmm. a huge thing. I think that that's mm-hmm. always fairly surprising. Yeah. Um, there's not somebody you call to just fix everything. There's not a on-site maintenance or anything along those lines. Um, b- basic handyman skills to fix like the day-to-day stuff. Cause otherwise you're calling, you know, a handyman or, or contractor to fix every little thing in your house. Um, I think that's, I, that would probably be the biggest thing is just you know, the acknowledgement that, you know, you're not paying rent anymore. So you're, you're I like there is value and obviously paying towards something that is now an asset because you're essentially making an investment. Um, but also just acknowledging like location and like acknowledging where you are in relation to, okay, it's not just, you're making a choice for you, but unless you plan on living in that place for 30 years, it can't just be, okay, I like living here. Mm-hmm. There is value in that. That is a piece of the puzzle. But the other part is, okay, are other people going to want to live here in seven, eight, nine years when, you know, I get married or we start a family and it gets bigger and we need to move to a bigger house or something like that. 
sort of anticipating, okay, this needs to have some value later to make my return on investment good because you're going to sell the house. And if nobody wants to buy your house because it's in a weird location or, you know, you didn't do upkeep on it to your, to your guy's point, you know, then you've made a poor investment and you almost would have been better off renting until you found something that was a, a more ideal fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hanson. I mean, I don't own a home, so, uh, but I, I feel like the, the expenses and upkeep, like you, you don't know if your hot water is going to fucking die next week, no matter how, mm-hmm. no matter how new it is. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared to drop that money for that, you're fucked. We had an air conditioning unit in our, it was right after we'd started recording this, this award-winning Brose podcast. We had an air conditioning unit where the, the motor for it just fell over, <laughs> broke. Um, and, uh, it was, again, this is a relatively new house, relatively new unit. It was just shot. Air conditioner wasn't working. And, uh, when the guy came out for it, we it still under warranty, but the guy, I was like, is there anything that we could have done differently? He's like, no <laughs> shit happens, man. Like there's yeah, nothing yeah. you could have done differently. It's just. AC crapped out. Yeah. My, uh, the rotor on my, um, heater was going, mm-hmm. but there was also an internal issue with the pilot. He came, I had to call PSCNG. They came out, they fixed the pilot and he's like, the rotor's going. I'm like, okay, when he's like, it could be tomorrow. It could be in six years. Mm-hmm. It is not good though. I don't want to fix it now. Cause it's still fine. And it's going to cost you five, $600 to fix. Right. But at some point in the next half decade, you might have to. Less than a week later, it blows. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Coming coming from the maintenance perspective, it's like people, production management is going to come down and be like, how do we prevent this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you don't. Mm -hmm. There's no way for us to tell this motor has this minute, somewhat defect somewhere that is going to make it not last for the next six years. Mm -hmm. Not that anything lasts that long. Nope. But it, yeah. So it, it's expensive. You can't. Mommy's not gonna fix it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm great with garbage disposals. If I'm free on a Saturday, <laughs> yeah, this guy fixed our garbage disposal at my old place in uh, Delaware with a uh, friend of the show, David Bennett. Uh, but yeah, no, get got some, us another year out of that bad boy. Yeah, <laughs> get get some household skills, some basic skills, and uh, or a good friend mm. and yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, we have one more, Rachel. We do have one more question. Those headphones were making me so hot. <laughs> You're already so hot. Oh, thank you. I'm wearing a new shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shirt. Fabulous. Uh, this was submitted by Gross Riley. All right, Gross. How do you react to the revelation that a childhood hero or artist of your favorite media content is problematic? Which we've answered. We talked a about few this, times. yeah. Um. How do I react? I so actually we talked about this a little bit with um Jim Carrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where uh I think and I I see this a lot just in general where you have a person especially somebody who's tied to uh some sort of um art. Yeah, or more a a body of work that you really identify with in what we talked about was Jim Carrey and being kind of this comedic icon for us. But with somebody like, um, I was really into the Ender's Game series when I was younger. So like Ender's Game and... uh, Good books. Yeah, all those. Um, And I found out pretty early that um, Orson Scott Card, I think he was religious in some way and was pretty, had some pretty terrible um, views when it came to gay people. And 
the way and yeah we talked about this the way that i kind of dealt with that was like the art is separate from him it doesn't that stuff doesn't come up in his work or at least i don't see it so it doesn't really matter how he feels about it because this is mine now and it's not mm-hmm. his anymore and but again as we said with jim carrey you have to be just as like just as critical of people you like as people you don't like mm-hmm. like you have to look at a jim carrey the same way as you would look at a Harvey Weinstein. Obviously, they're not doing the same kind of stuff, but with the same eye, mm-hmm. not the same in the, with the, with the, with the same scrutiny. Yeah, like you're not looking at it like or Orson Scott Card or Jim Carrey or whoever. You, you can't look at the artist and be like, "These are my best friends." Yeah. Like this is a this is a person who is producing a piece of artwork uh, as their livelihood, yes. and you are giving money or or your time or your your emotional investment to that person. And to sort of ascribe any more value to it than that, uh, to that person is probably unwise. If that art means something to you on an emotional level, I think that's where, like you said, you can create that separation because the 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 work is what you have the relationship with, not necessarily the person behind the work or the the, the real life human being behind the artwork. What about you guys? Um, see, I don't, I don't really know. Um. I don't think you can you can paint it with a broad yeah. brush. Yeah, like there is a set of rules that you must follow every time somebody gets accused of something. Yeah, like, and it's like I I take into account what it is they're being like when everything happened with Chris Hardwick and his his ex. Like I looked up I I he was somebody that like I wanted to imitate or be sort like I want to do comedy I want to do podcasts and all that stuff I. I want to know these people. I want to be known as in this nerd world. And like, I found this stuff out and I looked at it as critically as I could. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about this. Yeah. That really, I remember you being very upset about that and kind of, I also remember it being like a little bit, I, that was what happened with that was what I was talking about. Like you were having a harder time looking cause you're, cause you really enjoy the stuff that he does. Yeah. And the stuff that he does is him. It's not yeah. like it's not like he's writing a book. It's right. he is the, he the, is the product personality. The, that he's the product, and so you are consuming him. And it's really hard to look at a person you really look up to, yeah. having done those things, and you kind of want to be like, I and and I think maybe the easiest way to deal with that is is looking at being open to all sides of every uh, when whenever that comes up, looking at it the same way always, where it's like I want to. You have to simultaneously believe the person who's making the accusation if it's credible and also leave the door open for the fact that it might not be true because that yeah, can yeah. happen. Like you can't you can't pretend like it's I think saying it's blanket. The accuser is always right is silly. Yeah. Even though it's I think I think it's one of those your heart's in the right place. Like you yeah. definitely want to look at it. It's it going innocent guilty until proven innocent is a slippery slope. But like. I think it's it's easier to discredit than to like if you're starting from this person's lying that's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree and I think we've talked about this topic a lot um mm-hmm. for various reasons but also kind of what you were talking about the guilty until proven innocent that's not where we should be. Mm-hmm. Uh this feeds largely into cancel culture and partly why I fucking hate cancel culture is one you'll cancel the person not really pay attention to what the fallout is and there's a significant portion of like this was wrong 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have heard about like the latest thing with uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Yeah. I, I've heard bits and pieces of this where Amber Heard accused him of of uh, abuse and then it's... And took it's, pictures of like bruises that he supposedly gave her and all these other things. But as things have come out, it seems like it's sort of reversed. There's <laughs> literally a videotape of her saying like, fuck you if I hit you, it doesn't matter, I'm a girl. And yeah. it's like, but, but when Johnny said... You're the physically abusive one. I'm not. I'm trying to have mm-hmm. conversations, and when they escalate, I'm trying to not be part of that escalation. And you hunt me down. Yeah. So like, but but how that was handled in the public eye was mm-hmm. just like, you're right. Fuck Johnny Depp. He was taken out of a fucking movie because of that, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of turning yeah. around to sound like, no, she did make this up. Yeah. But no one wants to hear that because the the argument is. You have to listen to her. You mm-hmm. can't deny her. It's yeah. like eh, I, I can't automatically trust her. This is a good. This is a good test a case. Thing. I think this one specifically mm-hmm. because it is a situation in which you believe Amber Heard when she comes out with it because it's credible. Mm-hmm. She's coming out. She's showing pictures of things that happened. You, I mean, they're not verified, but like mm-hmm. it's it seems true. But then it turns out that it wasn't the case, that it was actually the reverse situation. So I think how, how we handle this moving forward is kind of the litmus test of how it should be handled. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I don't, it did, it did impact his life negatively. But if it, moving forward, he has this redemption arc where everyone's like, okay, we but, were wrong. But will he? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is kind of the test we have to, we have to mm-hmm. watch this moving forward. Because if he does, that's how you should handle it. It sucks. For sure that he got fucked for years. Yeah. But I mean, like he's Johnny Depp. He's, and, he and then there's the arguments of, oh, well, then he should have defended himself more more mm-hmm. vigorously. It's like, yeah. And then you would have said he yeah, was he, a fucking exactly. liar and it would have been worse. So now you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. he's not defending himself because it's true. And it's like you lose. I sort of think that Johnny Depp is uh, this specific case. Johnny Depp has never really been like the vocal, like does a ton of press kind of actor yeah. really no, no. so and, that's just not in his, his wheelhouse and correct me if i'm wrong i think i remember hearing that like he did admit to having had hit her yeah like as well like he admitted to having had hit but it, her. it seems like it was they but, were they were hitting but each other yeah. yeah now it turns into it looks like he was hitting her or he was wounding her in self-defense mm. and not hitting her outright to mm. hit her from, and that's why that's, from my understanding the pictures of the bruises at the beginning from the get-go, he's like, these are not injuries that I caused. I have defended myself, but these mm. are not injuries that I caused. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this it's, it's wild. I also It's also very important that this is not the norm. No. It's yeah. not the norm that the woman's going to come forward lying, mm-hmm. and then you got a, a dude's thrown under the bus. Because yeah. I think when it, it's, it really, truly sucks, and I, you hate to see it. That was a very glib way to say it. But, like, you hate to see it when something like this happens, because then it's like... There are so many credible cases where that is happening, where yeah. the dude is hitting, like wailing on the woman, and vice versa, and the people just aren't uh, believing it. Well, because look, I mean, you're like hey, Johnny you Depp. A, you have an Amber Heard. Yeah. You see that? She was lying. You're lying. Same it with, sucks. Say, I, I mean, that's more or less the reaction I had with uh, Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's like yeah, people are fucking dying. Like stop. Yeah. Like you are not. But no, that one famous guy lied. From now yeah. on. So therefore, on, therefore racism every, doesn't exist. Therefore, guys. Chicago is actually a cesspool. Yeah. Uh, and it's all the black <laughs> it's, people's fault. It's brutal. I hate <laughs> yeah. it. So uh, it's us. So 
I forgot what the question. The question was, was complicated. How do you buy a house? It was something about <laughs> how, how do you handle? Oh, how do you handle when you find out your right. uh, creator is problematic? It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would recommend trying to to the best of your ability, looking at them all with the mm-hmm. same eye. Yeah, and uh, you know. I think where it depends well, on the, your relationship with that person. If you just like their work, then you know it might be a little bit easier. Yeah. If you're somebody that you are, hey, Chris Hardwick, or you know, if uh, if there's a writer or, or an athlete that you're like, I want to be the next Kobe Bryant, or I want to be the next, I don't know, Nate, you know, we'll, we'll go with Chris Hardwick again. If you want to be that next person, then it's a little bit harder because like I was modeling my behavior after you as this creator, as this person, mm-hmm. and. You know, now that character is somebody that I can't emulate anymore, at least to that T. Yep. Um, yeah. Eh, it's a little tricky. No bueno. No bueno. No. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the questions, right? I yes. think so. All right. I got a quick take for you guys. This is going to be a weird, uh, very hypocritical take. Um, yeah. I like coffee. I like coffee a lot. That's the take. What? Uh, I like Great co- take. I enjoy coffee. Uh, I didn't drink coffee for years and years and years. Uh, Would you call then... this a hot take? Hot take. <laughs> food, is, food is good. Hot coffee. Um, didn't drink coffee for years and years and years. Um, started drinking coffee uh, later on in my in my 20s when I went back to grad school and it became a necessity to do you know go to work, do grad school, do the whole thing. If coffee is your favorite drink, you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's break this down real quick. So the, the the function of coffee, whether you put sugar in it and cream or you just drink it black, it's to perk you up, to wake you up. And if, if that's what you need, even in the morning, like just just get the juices flowing a little bit, that's fine. But if you need to be perked up and coffee is your just absolute favorite beverage, I just love coffee. I love the Air Max and everything like that. If the function of coffee is to make you wake up and do what your body is begging you not to do. What you're basically saying is, listen, I know what I need is sleep or (laughs) water or actual food as opposed to like, you know, whatever snacks, but fuck off. I'm drinking this coffee and this milligrams of coffee and everything like that. And the caffeine, that's crazy stuff. Like, like that's an absolute ridiculous piece of behavior to have. Give your body what it needs, which is nutrition and rest. And, and as as an addendum to this, if you drink coffee and you're, it's your favorite beverage, you just drink it a ton every day, the way that I have in the past, you're you're a psychopath. And if you are the kind of person who likes to have a cup of coffee in the evening after 5 p.m. with your dinner, uh, you probably have bodies hidden in your house somewhere. <laughs> the half-life of caffeine is five to six hours. If at 5 p.m. you are like, you know what? <laughs> I need a boost to get me until 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> You fucked up, man. It's over. There's a there's there's a step you are missing in your in your process as a human being that you're like, no, coffee is the solution. No, eat a square meal. I know that there are people who need to get through the day who work really hard, who have multiple jobs or are raising children or something like that. And okay, I'm sure that there are days where you might need it to get through. But if that's your everyday thing, if you're drinking coffee three cups, four cups, five cups a day, which again I have in the past, hypocrite right here. <laughs> if it's your favorite drink, you're an absolute nutcase, and you and 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 you probably should have your right to vote taken away. <laughs> now, what what's your take on those who drink decaf coffee? Uh, why you're fucking stupid? Like uh, why, why eat garbage water? Drink garbage water when you could drink something. It's all the good? taste, none of the benefit. Why? Yeah, like the, 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 the coffee. 
I know that there are there are differences in it. like there's Colombian coffee, there's Guatemalan coffee, Nicaraguan, and and you know there's all different aromatics and flavorings and everything like that. Coffee, the reason people drink it is because it's a caffeine vessel. Because if you drink a black cup of coffee and go, what a delicious taste, man! Like, you're a psycho. <laughs> you're 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 helping the Russians collude. Like, <laughs> you're you're there's something wrong with you if you're yeah. like, dude, what a wonderful flavor of this 100% Colombian coffee. Get the fuck out of here man well no. i will say that sometimes a decaf coffee at night is nice because it's like a warm beverage you want a warm like beverage a hot chocolate that, well, sure or a tea and you put like some like sugar and some cream in it and it's nice and take it's a tea filling. before you drink coffee because yeah. there's, there's other there's other health benefits of tea yeah. that decaf coffee i would is not recommend you. with uh, going you, with a tea yeah if, if you, you want a warm beverage with a warm sleepy tea. Time if you don't like tea like i'm just saying i'm just saying that's the niche i i don't understand like and, that, and that's the niche, and that's fine. Older, and that niche probably has bodies hidden in their basement. Yes. But, but if there's... If, <laughs> well, like it, morning decaf. I don't get it. If you're, Mo- morning decaf like is... Like going to a diner in the morning, getting decaf <laughs> coffee, what are you doing? Start your day off with decaf coffee. I mean, Jesus then, then, Christ. Then you're just a smoker. I have watched someone... <laughs> it's just a habit. I have rung people out that get a decaf coffee because I like saw them back at the coffee island. Get a decaf coffee... And a monster. I'm just like, what are you? I would say, actually, decaf coffee for if you're pregnant, maybe. And you, you, and it's a like, a, like a placebo. If you're no, weaning that's, that's off wild. of it, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. like as a placebo, but you're something your brain you're used at that to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But the 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 yeah decaf and a monster. That's like people who would get half. When I went to work to the movie theater, they get half diet coke, half regular coke. What's I'm the like, point? My Fuck dude, j- yeah. We there's a reason they don't sell three quarter. Yeah, and if you oh. want like one of those like crazy like souped up Starbucks, just get hot chocolate. Just get a milkshake. Don't it's coffee. It's not coffee. That's I know it's a very basic lukewarm cold take, but like the people like the, that that uh, subsection of the people who think coffee is their favorite beverage baffles me to no end. Like, and the people who are drinking four to five cups of coffee a day okay. are again like me in the past crazy i'm, I'm <laughs> feeling a little attacked here because when i go to chick-fil-a i get half unsweetened iced tea half lemonade that's just an honor i was about palmer. to say if you're going to that's chick-fil-a and getting palmer. their yeah. coffee you really no, no, no. <laughs> their coffee is tr- no. that's a different animal that's 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 combining two different flavors of yeah. different things that's an arnold palmer like yeah, that's yeah. a that's no, a, yeah, yeah but i don't do tea, i don't it would do be sweet tea and lemonade it's unsweetened tea and lemonade well because lemonade is a lot of sugar yeah, that's, that's a different flavor. Cutting that's the sugar a little bit. Yeah, no, that the diet coke, half diet coke, half regular coke, is someone who wants to be healthy but can't commit to the fact that sometimes things are gonna taste. I'm only worse. half you a already piece can't of commit because I, I, I drink diet Dr Pepper because I can't commit. That's you're not committing. You're drinking diet soda. Yeah, like don't half and half nonsense. Just like you can't make up your mind, and you're just like the, the kid at the fountain drink. You're just like, I'm gonna have some Surge and some Powerade and some Mountain Dew and some Cherry Coke and some and Ecto some, Cooler. Yeah, some Ecto Cooler and some Fritopia. Were you there when I was at Chipotle today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, just a call out of your Chipotle order. Damn it. Um. All right. So, Sean, if people want to find your takes on Twitter, where can they find them? At Hey, it's SOB. How about you, Rich? At B underscore Walnuts. Mr. Hanson. At Tim R. Hanson. And you can find me on Twitter uh, up at four in the morning on my seventh cup of coffee <laughs> at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is available on Twitter uh, to follow at Brose underscore podcast or on Facebook at Brose podcast. 
And if you have a question you'd like to email into the show, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. And you can hear that question on every major podcasting platform, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, to Shannon Vogel for designing our logo. Her work's available on Etsy.com and at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert, and you can listen to his work on the free music archive. Uh, Mr. Sweeten, uh, you've been playing a lot of Spider-Man lately. Yes. I imagine that's not necessarily what you're going to be talking about on, on PodQuest because it's been out for a bit. But... Oh, yeah, no, definitely not. Okay. Uh, well, no, I'm going to be talking about it. Okay. Just not on the episode where this one airs because... Sure. I'm probably going to have beaten it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about on PodQuest, the weekly Nerd Roundtable podcast that we uh, record each week. Uh, check us out where all podcasts are. All of them. Every yes. one. Every, Every podcast. Dude, you go out and fo- like just ask, yo, dude, Yanni Podcast is like a one in four chance PodQuest or Brose is the one that's that they the give thing. you. Yeah. That's the thing. When you ask, yeah. the, the streets are talking. The streets are talking. Yeah. We're, we're at the like side bodegas and stuff, too. <laughs> Say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Goodbye. For Rich Sweet and Sean O'Brien, Tim Hansen, and the entire Action Moose team. Moose! This is Matt Kaznell reminding you to be smart about being stupid. Okay.